many are getting weak, many are failing, and many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okronipa. Pastor Ebenezer Okronipa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's word through his special servant. And now, himself lift up those hands and just begin to bless him right now just begin to speak some loving words right now just begin to appreciate the goodness of the lord the lord is greater and is mighty And let his praise be upon your lips. Oh, Kabalaba Shandelebelebekoja. Come on, will you lift up your voice? Just begin to give him praise. Yes, bless him right now. Find some loving words to give to the Lord. Everybody love him right now. You can bless him in the spirit, you can bless him in understanding also. Oh, let your mind be set on God right now. Let your heart be set on God. Let your heart be on God. Forget about everything. Forget about everything. 
everyone is the lifter up of your head, he's the savior of our soul. Ayakatalabaya is our salvation and our exceeding great reward. What shall I render unto the Lord? What shall I render unto the Lord for his tender mercies and for his loving kindness? For surely his love is better than life. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised is our God. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised is our God. Oh, our Father, receive your glory. Oh, receive the honor. We lift your name on high. We lift your name on high. We say, Blessed be your name. Oh, you sit in a throne all by yourself. You are crowned. You are crowned with many crowns. You are crowned with many crowns. You are crowned with many crowns. The crown of majesty, omnipotent God, omnipresent God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of all the earth. Oh, you are merciful God. Oh, God who is full of love and forbearance, forgiveness of sins. Oh, for as far as the heavens are from the earth, oh, Shandalabaya, so are your thoughts and your ways above ours. And tonight we remember you, Lord, and we say that blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, we give you praise. Oh, we give you glory. Come on, don't get tired in worshiping God. Don't get tired in praising God. Don't get tired in magnifying the Lord. Oh, don't get tired. Will you lift up your voice? Oh. Oh, we bless you. Oh, we bless your name. Oh, we bless your name. Andala Baba Shandala Baba. Mandelebe Kabaya. Mandala Baba Shabala Baba. Abala Bala 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 Basha. Mandelebe Kabosha. You do not treat us as our weaknesses deserve. Oh, but you show us mercy. You show us kindness. You show us favor. We say that blessed be your name. 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 And you said you perfect all that concerns us. What have we done to deserve this love? What have we done to deserve this goodness? What have we done to deserve this mercy? Oh, we say blessed be your name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Tonight, I want to just thank God for all the testimonies that we keep receiving. Day in, day out, we keep receiving testimonies. Oh, and so I want to thank God. As you thank God for the testimonies, get ready for your very own testimony. Will you lift up your voice? We're going to give God praise. Thank Him for the miracles. Thank Him for the mighty acts. Thank Him for the 
manifestation of his power. And we believe that tonight he's going to manifest himself again. Just give him praise. Give him the praise for the financial miracles, for the healing miracles. Oh, we give you glory. Come on, lift up your voice and give him praise for the breakthroughs, for the miracle jobs, for the miracle opportunities. Oh, Kabalabashandalabaya. Come on, don't worry about what you may be going through. As you thank him for what you see him doing, he will do it for you as well. Lift up your voice, lift up those beautiful hands and just bless him for the miracles. Bless him for the testimonies. Bless him for all that he does. Oh, Bashandalabaya. Oh, Receive our worship. Receive our praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And tonight I want you to pray this prayer. The Lord speak to me tonight. Minister to me tonight. Let me hear your voice tonight. Let my life never be the same again. Lift up your voice, talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice, talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice, talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice, talk to Do you mean your prayer now? Do you mean what you are saying to the Lord? Do you mean it from the bottom of your heart? Talk to him right now. He's a prayer answering God. He's a prayer answering God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your right hand wherever you are and say with faith, say, Father, tonight I declare my heart is open and my mind is ready to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that can change my life, that can save my soul, that can transform my situation. Tonight I'll be blessed, I'll be empowered, I'll be enlightened, I'll be provoked by the word of God for a supernatural lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Say thank you Jesus that you are speaking to me tonight. Say my ears are open. I will hear your voice and my life will never be the same again. In Jesus name. Somebody shout a big amen. Celebrate the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Kindly take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Precious Holy Spirit we are gathered in your presence this evening to hear from you. Speak to us in clear terms let our lives never be the same again thank you for this honor to be sitting at your feet father we know we will not be disappointed because you honor your word in jesus mighty name everybody shout a big amen hallelujah in the book of psalms chapter 19 psalms chapter number 19 the verse number 9 and the verse number 10 the bible tells us that the fear of the lord is clean enduring forever is that the judgments of the Lord are true and they are righteous altogether. The judgments of the Lord over here is talking about the word of God. So the judgments of the Lord, they are true and they are righteous altogether. And the verse number 10 now tells us what tells us more, gives us more insight into the judgments of the word of God. He said that there are more to be desired. He said more to be desired are they than gold. The word of God is to be desired more than the desire of gold. Yea, than much fine gold. He said it's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. So that tells you the value of the word of God. 
the reason why we do not get a lot from the word of God is because there is a certain level of placement that we don't give to that word. We don't give to the word of God. But when you begin to give God's word its rightful place, the word will begin to deliver into your life what has been said. He said that it is more to be desired than gold. Unfortunately, many times or in our, our, our work as Christians today, we have turned that upside down. And many people are desiring more for gold than they are for the word of God. But the Bible says that the word of God is to be desired more than nice things, more than money, more than any natural thing. Sometimes we come to the presence of God and some will come just because we are looking for a certain miracle. But in the looking for the miracle, there's something that we should desire more, which is the word of God. And so tonight, I pray that your appetite for God's word will be, will be increased. Your appetite will become deepened. That you'll be so desirous that, Lord, let me hear from you. Today, what is there in the scriptures for me? What is there in the scriptures for me? What is the Bible going to uh, deliver to me today? He said, they are sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Sweeter than honey. Is that how you see the word of God? You should see it that way. And tonight, I pray that the Lord will stir up your desire and stir up your appetite for the word of God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. And this month, we have been talking about the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. I started a message and I was talking on walking in the light of God's goodness. And the reason why I captioned that message, walking in the light of God's goodness, is for primarily for two things. Number one, the goodness of God is a living reality. It's something that exists, that God has made available for his children. And in spiritual terms, the more you are aware of something's existence in the realm of the spirit, the more likely you are to experience it. So if if you know that there's something that is set apart known as the goodness of God, now your heart is set to desire and to seek for that goodness. And in the process of seeking, you are you begin to experience. You begin to experience. Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 6, the Bible tells us, but without faith, it is what impossible to please God. He that comes to God must first believe that he is, and is a rewarder of them that seek him. So in the midst of the seeking, the reward comes. The reward comes. A lot of times, many of us don't even know when our miracle comes. It will be sometimes in the midst of the prayer. Whilst you are praying, all of a sudden God does it. You don't even know that uh, it's not as though they have, they have set an alarm. That goes, beep, 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 beep. Now, stand there, get ready for your miracle. No. So it is in the midst of the seeking. It is in the journey. That is why Jesus told uh, the disciples, said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So their making was in their following. So sometimes when God is doing something in your life, you may not even see it at once. You may not even see when the change came. You may not see when the transformation came. But that is the beauty of God's word. That is the beauty of following God. That is the beauty of chasing after God. When you are chasing after God, in the process of chasing for him, seeking for him, things begin to happen in your life. Glory to Jesus Christ. So coming to church every time is, is, is a blessing to you. Seeking God through prayer every time is a blessing to you. It's an opportunity for a transformation. So the first reason, the first objective is for us to have a revelation, to catch a light, the insight that there is such a thing known as the goodness of God. And number two, knowing about it without experiencing it will result in frustration. 
So now we must walk in that goodness. We must live experientially the goodness of God. We read scriptures like, and the Lord will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches uh, in Christ. And some of, and many, a lot of God's children are walking in lack. We are walking where we don't even have what we, 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 what, what we, we, we take for us to be satisfied. A lot are walking in want. A lot are walking in uh, all kind, in, 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 in the minimum level of supply. But God said that he is able to supply. Why are we not experiencing these things? Why are we not walking in the living reality of these things? We quote Psalm 23, the verse number says, Goodness and mercy shall follow me. But when you actually come back and you look into your life, it's as though frustration and sickness and troubles are following you. Why is that? And you have been serving God for so many years sometimes. And you have been hearing preaching upon preaching, and there have been prophecy upon prophecy, and you have been shouting amen and amen, and they have anointed you to like sometimes you are looking like a fried Kentucky fried chicken, KFC. You are looking such anointing over, but still, it's as though your life is more acquainted with sorrows and troubles than with what we call the goodness of God. Why is that? Is that what God wants us to experience? Uh, emphatically, no. He wants us to actually walk in goodness. He wants us to experience testimonies every day. It's amazing. But yesterday, I went in the night fire, we're praying with the scripture, Psalm 68, verse number 19 and the verse number 20. And in the verse number 19, the Bible tells us that, that God daily loads us with benefits. He daily, can you imagine that? He didn't say that the benefits of God are there for us. He said, every day, my God, there is a benefit for you every single day. If that means that before you even wake up in the morning, God has already prepared the schedule and itinerary for your blessing and for your goodness. For you to experience his goodness in that day. But why are we not experiencing it? Why is it that we are not walking in this goodness? And I want to trust God that as we go through the word of God, we will find answers to these questions. And as we find answers, may there be a transformation in our case. In the name of Jesus Christ. Very soon, somebody will be parking their car as a display of God's goodness. Very soon, somebody will be seeing advancement in their life as a display of God's goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we study from the word of God that the goodness of God is the kindness of God, is the graciousness of God, is the mercifulness of God is the abundance of God released into our life. Everything that makes us enjoy life and walk in peace is an expression of the goodness of God. It's an expression of the goodness of God. And we have been anchoring our message from the book, the scripture in Romans chapter 11 verse 22. Romans 11 verse 22. He tells us to see something. He said, behold, behold the goodness of God. Let me, there's a new King James Version. He says that, therefore, consider, think about it. Consider the goodness. And then he mentions a second thing, the severity of God. On those who fail, severity, but toward you, goodness. And he says that you continue, you continue enjoying the goodness if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. Now, this scripture, if you meditate on it, it will teach you a lot of things. It will teach you a lot of things. There are many of God's children, when they came into salvation, salvation was their experience of the goodness of God. Salvation is a manifestation of God's goodness. God forgiving all your sins and 
and, 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 and grafting you into the body of Christ, making you his child, making you his son, his daughter, now determining that you are not going to go to hell is the ultimate expression of God's goodness. But many right after that, they fell. They did not continue in the goodness of God. Some were more were, were doing as much, working as much as possible to live according to the flesh. And the Bible says that the arm of flesh shall what? Shall fail. The arm of flesh shall fail. The arm of flesh shall fail. So there are two manifestations of God to people in this world. Number one, his goodness. And number two, his severity, his sternness, his hardness, his, his rigidity, his judgmental area. The Bible tells us that God is a consuming fire. Many people think that when we talk about the goodness of God and the grace of God, that is all there is about God. But God is a consuming fire. God can be very wild, I'm telling you. The Bible tells us about the story of uh, uh, was it Ananias and uh, uh, Sapphira, right? Sapphira or Sapphira fried rice, whichever one you find in your Bible. But the Bible said these were Christians who there were people who were attending church. And one day they went to the house of God. They saw that everybody was doing show. Oh, and you see, they came to church. And then a billionaire, um, who is a billionaire over here? So I can use your name. Ah, okay. Billionaire. <laughs> so billionaire is about went to sell her land cruiser and came to place it with her poor apostle's feet over here. With her apostle over here so that they come and place the uh, billionaires and apostles. <laughs> He came to put it at the apostles' feet. She said, ah, the way I love God. God, has, Jesus has forgiven me all my sins. He has saved me. Now I belong to the family of God. And so, hey, come in. And then another billionaire. Who is the next billionaire in this place? The billionaire Sophia also went to sell. My God. She said, I'm going to heaven tomorrow. What do I need this mansion for? <laughs> The early church, that's why, that, in fact, that was the reason why they were doing all of that. Because the message about the second coming of Jesus Christ was so hot that they thought that Jesus was going to come anytime soon. So they were like, ah, if Jesus is coming and we are on our way to heaven, only Christians shall go there. Then what are we doing with this, our worldly supplies? What are we doing? Let us give it for the work of God. Let us give it for the advancement of the gospel and to help the brethren. And to help the brethren. After some years, when Jesus was coming, they started slowing down. <laughs> and they have slowed down to our generation. Now they are our Ponchigina. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Yeah. So Ananias and Sapphira also came to church one day and they saw the Bilonets Club people doing things. And they said, Ah, we too will go and do some. We went to confer with the wife, Safira, said that, Charlie, we have some land over there. Let us go and let, we too will do show. So the Bible said they went to pledge. They went to pledge. They said, that, ah, we will give our land. Oh, God has touched our hearts. Shake. Oh, 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 so, oh, yeah. uh, everybody was like, oh, my God. The spirit is upon them. And then when they went, they said, Master, and they went to sell the land. The Bible says that they came and they gave only half of the pride out of the half of the, the money uh, that they sold the land for and they, when they came you know the problem was not that the half of the money for those who are getting ready to accuse God the problem was the lie that they put on the money the lie because when you lie in the presence of God it's a sign that you don't fear God 
is a sign that you don't fear God. When you lie to God, when you lie in the presence of God. Remember when Peter was addressing her, she said, well, you have not lied to me. He didn't talk about the money. He was talking about the lie. And you have sinned against God. You have sinned against the Holy Ghost. And says that now the floor is your bed. Boom. He died. Safira. You see, even though we say follow your husband, be please, there are some things you shouldn't follow. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. She too, she came pumped up, intoxicated with the lie. And that tells you that the things that you hear and accept can affect you. She came, gave the same testimony, and she also died. The Holy Ghost knew them. So, God is to be feared. Don't think that because you are doing certain things and he's not minding you, that means that, oh, it's a walkover. God is not a walkover. It is just the grace of God that is covering us for a season. But time is going to come if you continue. That's why it says that in, in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in Romans 11, 23, it says that you enjoy his goodness if you continue in his goodness. But if you fall away like those who fell away before, you are his tenders. Look at God sent Moses to go all the way to Egypt and display through several miracles, signs, and wonders to deliver this group of people. And then at the end of the day, he killed them in the wilderness. Hmm. Today I came to provoke some few things over here. He killed them in the wilderness. Why? Why will he pay all that price to save them and then kill them? Because the problem was not with God. The problem was with them. He wanted them to be separate and different from the rest of the world. The people that he killed in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Red Sea. But then they decided to move away from the place of grace. And they fell. And when they fell, they also had to fall in the wilderness. They also had to fall in the wilderness. Please, let's be careful. Let's be careful in our dealings with God. Let's be careful in our dealings with God. Because God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. Listen to me. Don't think that uh, because we don't see certain things. Listen, it's, a, it's like a cup and it is getting full gradually, gradually, gradually. The day it gets full, it gets to the brim. You realize that you, you, you force you to drink it down. They force you to drink it down. So Paul will say that examine yourself to see whether you are still in the faith. So he is the same person who tells them that consider that there is a severe God, the severity of God, the sternness of God, that God can be angry and God can act in a particular way. The grace of God is there. The grace of God has been made available to us, but that doesn't mean that the other side of God is dead. But God is choosing what he wants to show us. What he wants, how he wants our lives to be. He doesn't want us to continue in the death path because when we fall, we'll die. The wages of sin is what? Death. It still continues to be death. The wages of pulling away from God is death. Separation from his presence and all the consequences of that separation come into your life. Let us fear God. Let us fear God. So how do we provoke the other side of God, the goodness of God? I share with you the first point is for us to give our lives to Jesus Christ. And I started sharing with you last week that the second way by which we can provoke the goodness of God is through the fear of God. Say, the fear of God. You know, the fear of God is not just a feeling. The fear of God is a lifestyle. The truth is that everyone who fear God, everyone on this earth will fear God. But either you 
going to experience the fear of God through number one, the goodness of God, or number two, through the punishment of God, the severity of God, the sternness of God. Some will only learn the fear of God through judgment. Some will only learn the fear of God through judgment. But the fear of God is the secret to a lifestyle of grace and of the goodness of God. Psalm 31, the verse number 19. He said, oh, how great is thy goodness. He speaks about the great goodness of God. And how many of us remember when I was teaching about the great goodness of God? That was what he displayed in Israel, to the Israelites. When he delivered them from Egypt, protected and kept them in the wilderness, gave them food when, where, the, where they shouldn't get food. He, he had a, a manna come down. He had quails come down. He defeated their enemies. Their clothes were never getting old. Their shoes were, always, were, were never wearing out. They went to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. That was a display of the great goodness of God. Nehemiah uh, chapter 9 gives us that account from the verse 21 to the verse number 25. So in the psalmist giving God praise, he speaks about the great goodness of God. Anytime, you know, in the Old Testament when they are speaking, you need to understand what they are talking about. So when they talk about great goodness, it's usually consistent in meaning. Is consistent in meaning. So when they spoke about the great goodness in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 25, it is the same thing he's talking about. Oh, how great is thy goodness that the psalmist is also talking about over here. All the goodness of God displayed, the favor, the kindness of God. Whilst other people were laboring um, to plant seeds, water the seeds, draw, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, control the weeds, and then when the time of harvest comes, they go in labor again to sweat and to eat. God goodness was causing food to fall from heaven for his children. Whilst others were going for, were struggling to buy a land, going for an architect to draw a plan, and then working very hard to save money to build a house, design it the way they wanted, plant uh, that a well in that house, planted vineyards, the goodness of God delivered houses that were already built to his children. Wells that were already dug. Fields that had, had crop on them already. The goodness of God gives for free. What works give for a fee? The goodness of God gives you cheaply what labor brings through suffering. So, if there's anything to be desired for, desire for the goodness of God. Desire for the goodness of God. And I pray for you today in the name of Jesus Christ. That may you experience that goodness today. May you experience that goodness tomorrow. And may you experience that goodness the rest of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. But how do you provoke that goodness? It is through the fear of God. And I prove to you from the book of Job chapter 1, 6 to 11. Uh, that Job experienced God's goodness. It's abundance and supply. Because Job feared the Lord. I share with you how the goodness of God can be like a compass. Something, a wall that surrounds you. And I share with you from Psalm 5 verse 12 that the favor of the Lord uh, shall compass those that fear him. It shall compass the the, the righteous. Uh, I share with you again from Psalm 34 from 1 to verse number 11 how the psalmist experienced the kindness of God to the point that he now started teaching others about the fear of God. So in verse 11 he says, Come you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Why? 
it was the fear of the Lord that caused him to have a testimony every day of his life. I pray that God will grant you that experience in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. For someone to say, I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. I'll keep giving him praise. I'll keep giving him glory. This is somebody who was always doing praise and worship every day. Why? Because his life was the testimony of things that he deserve, that God deserves to be praised on. Every day, he was, he was experiencing peace all around. Why? He showed us from that context that it was because he had the fear of God in him. God taught him how to fear him. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, teach me the fear of the Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. God's fear can change your life. I told you everyone will eventually fear God. Romans chapter 2. Let's read quickly from the verse number 4 to the verse number 11. Is it the fear of God either comes by the goodness of God or comes by suffering or by, by punishments? Look at what he says in the verse number 4 of Romans chapter 2. He said, Or despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So the goodness of God can cause somebody to see the magnitude of God. Ah, that God deserves to be worshipped. That is one kind of the fear of the Lord. It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. So if you let your repentance and your fear of God be as a result of appreciating his goodness, that is one kind of the fear of the Lord. But look at what he says in the verse number five. He said, but after thy hardness and impenitent hearts, meaning stubborn hearts, you treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So those who don't want to turn to God, he's saying that they are, they are doing susu. They are saving themselves for themselves. The anger of the Lord, for there is a day of the Lord's anger, just like there's at the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor. There's also a day where the anger of God shall be displayed towards humanity. So those who escape that anger by not coming to Jesus, they are going to suffer that anger. But then it's telling you that these people will experience that why it will bring them. The Bible says they shall, the, 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 the unrighteous shall learn uh, righteousness through what? Judgment. Through judgment. So they gather them for themselves, rough, and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. He said, who will render to every man according to his deeds? So, when he begins to display his wrath towards you, now you begin to see that, ah, this God is to be feared. This God is to be feared. The verse number 7 says that, To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory, honor, and immortality, they shall receive eternal life. It's one of the manifestations of the goodness of God. Those who be seeking God continually, no matter what they are going through, they are patient, seeking the face of God, seeking that God, you said you glorify me. God, you said you give us honor. God, you said will not die. So we are seeking you every day through prayer. We are seeking you through fasting. We are seeking you through the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that he will bring us eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. But look at the next verse. To the opposite. You see, in these scriptures, he keeps comparing the two. He said, give me the verse number eight. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, he will bring indignation. Indignation means anger. He will bring indignation and wrath. Look at how he continues. <laughs> you know, for every good, there are like ten evils. 
That's why in the book of, uh, is it uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 28, right? Uh, the first uh, 13 or so verses are the blessings. Now about 50 verses that follow after. Curses and curses and curses. My goodness. But that tells you that one goodness of God can solve thousand curses. Receive that goodness right now. Verse number 9, please. So, they were experiencing indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish, meaning suffering, upon every soul of man that does evil of the Jew first and then also of the Gentile. For God is not a respecter of men. He's not a respecter of persons. So, it does not matter whether you are rich or you are poor, whether you are from a big family or a small family. If you continue walking in the unrighteousness of the flesh, at times it's going to come. Something evil is going to happen to you. Let's continue, please. So, you first and then also the gentile but glory honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also the gentile so for those who work good those who and what is good following the lord jesus christ serving the lord that is good verse number 11 glory to jesus christ why for there is no respect of persons with god that means that what god did for your neighbor he can do for you i said what god did for your neighbor he can do for you did you hear the testimony that we just read about five or six testimonies? That means that God can touch every and any area of our lives. You are going to receive a testimony within the next 48 hours. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me show you another scripture quickly. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22 to 23. God speaks to us directly over here. And he said, look unto me. Isaiah 45, 22 to 23. He said, look unto me and you will be saved. Listen, there's, if you need, we need to have that kind of, the heart that fears God is the heart that tends to God. He said, look unto me and you'll be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. Many people are living their lives in this world as though there's no God. But God is saying that, here is God testifying about himself. And he's saying that when you turn to me, I'll save you. And I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth. Is the word that has gone out of my mouth is righteousness. And what is that word that has gone out of his mouth? Give us the rest of that verse 23. And shall not return. He said, this is what said, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Every tongue shall confess. That's what in the book of Philippians is every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It was, he was quoting from the Old Testament was quoting from the so the fact that everybody will one day bow their knees before god it is real it is real anybody you see that say they don't believe in god that what is christianity who is i don't believe that and listen they will bow one day but this time it will not be willingly it will be out of panic and fear look at the rich man in Lazarus' story the rich man he was enjoying big on earth but one day he went through something and he had to turn and say that, oh, please send somebody to go and tell my brothers. Because where I am, the way I was living on the earth, they are still living that way. Where I am, I don't want them to come there. I don't want them to come there. I don't want them to come there. Listen, you need to live a life where you are conscious of God. The things that you are doing, ask yourself, is it, do you have the approval of God? What is the fear of God? Let me give you a few points for us to understand further the fear of God. It is the crave, the desire to please God as a lifestyle. The desire to please God as a lifestyle. I read to you earlier Psalm 19 verse 9. He said, the fear of the Lord is pure. 
The fear of God can cause you to live a pure life. It can cause you to have a certain desire for purity. It can cause you to want to do the right thing. Even though you may falter at times, but when you falter, you try to rise up so that it can continue. Why? Because you fear the Lord. There's somebody that you are going to become accountable to one day. You are going to become accountable to somebody one day. So, having that in mind, it should instruct how your life should be. Glory to Jesus Christ. And this was seen in the life of Abraham. In Genesis 22, verse 1 to 12, you see something remarkable over there. God tells Abraham that, hey, give me your son, thy only son. God actually emphasizes to him that that is his only son. Why? It was a test. But the Bible tells us that Abraham never argued with God even once. Why? His greatest desire, even though he wanted to be a father, but that wasn't his greatest desire. His greatest desire was was that he was to please God. That was his greatest desire. So when God said, I want your son, he said, "Ah, if that's the price I have to pay, I'm going to do it. It is the desire, the craving to Please God as a lifestyle. I told you the fear of God is not just a certain experience. No, it is a lifestyle. To please God no matter what, no matter the circumstance, this is the life that you want to live. The fear of God, number two, is the heart that is ever panting after God. All the time there's a desire in your heart for God. You desire to be close to God. Your heart is not for money. Your heart is not for a man. Your heart is not for a woman. Listen to me, it's very very dangerous when you have more passion for a human being than you have a, a passion for God. Oh, I, I, I love you, I love you, I love you. And out of that love, you forget your God. Your love is good. He tells us to love. But he says that we should love him more than anything else. Love God more than your children. Love God more than your beloved. Love God more than your house. Love God more than your name. When you love God, you look to his word every time and measure whatever you are doing by his word. By his word. By his word. If you don't know and you make a mistake, when you get to know, you say, oh God, I didn't know. Now I repent. Some boys say, oh, uh, I've not gotten to that level of faith yet. You don't fear God. That's why you're speaking that way. Don't fear. What level? The day you found out about it, you have gotten to that level. The day you heard about it. So, let's say you don't know about Titan or you don't know about giving, or you don't know about certain Christian things, and then you are living in a particular direction, and on the day you found out about it, you say, yeah, I'll think about it. You don't fear God. His word is not valuable to you. His word is not weighted to you. But the day you hear about it, you should flow in that direction. God says that you want to go in this direction, and God says that that is not where I want you to go. And say, that's how I've been wanting from my life, from my childhood. Someone said that because of that, I'll leave Christianity. I'm going to become a Muslim. I'm going to become something else. You don't fear God. There's nobody who actually truly fears God who would who, who, who leave Jesus, who would leave God, and go and, go and say, I've too bad. But who took too bad? You don't know what you are, you know what you are doing. Oh, I've got a certain uh, 
boyfriend. He's not a Christian, but he takes care of me, you know. He thinks about me. He, he, he loves me. Oh, I, and he is concerned about me. You see, he is always thoughtful. And he sorts me out. And, oh, I, I love him. I love him. You love, you love what? Your heart is in the wrong place. If God, Jesus, because of his love for the will of the Father, will sacrifice his life, why can't you sacrifice that so-called love? Are we together? I knew today there will not be much clapping and shouting in the church. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, I came prepared. I'm not discouraged. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, your heart must be for God. Proverbs 23 verse 26. You go once our hearts. Go once our hearts. Say, my son, give me your heart. Let your eyes keep my ways. Let your eyes observe my ways. Your eyes, the thing that your eyes are looking for, that is always drawing your attention, are those the things that God, you, God wants. Or you are being attracted by the things of this world. But thank God that his word is bringing change to our hearts. I said the word of God is bringing change to our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The fear of God is a work on the inside. It's an inside work that reflects on the outside. When you study Psalm 42, the verse 1 and 2, you see the secret of David. Why David always enjoyed the goodness of God. The man's heart was after God. He said, ah, as the heart or as the deer panted for the water. He said, my soul longed after thee. He said that my soul is thirsty for my God. Oh, my soul tested for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, sometimes we have to appear before God, and people are dragging their feet. You see, your hunger is for God. I pray that God will stir up that hunger in our hearts. When we come into that place, we don't pray that God, let me experience your goodness. So it becomes a lifestyle. Every day, God begins to flow in your direction. Favor begins to come in your direction. The goodness of God flows towards you every time. When you are walking in that hunger for God, you see, when you are thirsty for God, it was that, it was that, that, that hunger for God that caused Abraham to become great. The Bible said the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. Every area of your life, you are seeing the flow of God. It is not something. Matthew 6 and 3 becomes your lifestyle. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything starts flowing towards you. As you are receiving his word into your heart, I see a flow of the goodness. I said, I see a flow of the goodness. I said, I see a flow of the goodness. The things that were not working in your life, after today they begin to work. I said, they begin to work. I said, they begin to work. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jacob feared the Lord despite all his weaknesses. You know, when we say fear the Lord, we don't mean that maybe you may not make a mistake or two. But then, you see your heart's response. Look at David. He made errors. He slept with somebody's wife and then arranged for the person to be killed. The day they told him about it, he was on his face. He said, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. This one who was not a perfect man is the one God said, the apple of my eye. The apple of my eye. Abraham had his flaws, but their heart was for God. Where is your heart beating after? He said, my heart tested for thee. 
when shall I appear before my God? When shall I appear before my God? It's time for worship, and then somebody's eyes are all over the place, and then and then scratching, and and then looking on the phone, and then no, no, you see, you close your eyes, you are appearing before your God. When shall I appear before my God? It's the fear of God that drives that kind of passion, the love for God. Solomon loved the Lord. You see, when you love God, you do strange things. People don't understand why you are doing the things you are doing. And that's why they also never be able to understand why God is protecting you, why God is blessing you, why God is increasing you. Glory to Jesus. The fear of God is the commitment to obey his instructions as they come from time to time. And sometimes they may not be convenient. Look at Abraham being told that he should go and sacrifice his son. Was that a convenient thing? No, but he was willing to do it. Why? He feared God. He feared God. What are you willing to do for God? That sometimes we are told to do certain things and we know it is for God, but they are not convenient. It will not make us feel comfortable. Yet we have to do them. Why? Because our hearts are for God. It's not what our flesh is longing for. We want to go and rest. We want to go and sleep. We want things to be slow. No, there are too many things happening. Too much demands are coming of me. Look, a lot of times as you grow in God, God makes more demands of you. I have realized that as you grow in the things of God and become more qualified in the presence of God, God actually gives you more to do. Unto whom much is given, much is what required. Oh, God has blessed me with 5,000 Ghana cities. Hey, hold on, hold on. As you continue praising God, that means that those days when you are given five cities, you have to move from five cities to 500 cities. Unto whom much is given, much is required. It is no room for you to go and pray about it. He has already said it. He prayed about it and he got the answer and he told you in his word. Much is required. If God is giving you much, you are not supposed to that there's an offering. There's, we, are, we are raising some, some money to do the work of God. And then we say that, oh, who can give 100 Ghana cities? And then you see somebody who's receiving a salary of 300 cities. Get up and come and stand there. You are receiving a salary of 10,000 Ghana cities. You cannot come and join that person and then be proud. Are you understanding me? No, you cannot come and join that person. The other time I saw, uh, or just a, a few weeks ago, or last week or last two weeks, uh, Bishop Dad was having a conference, and as he was ministering, he began to take offerings, and then he said that he asked people to give God an offering of $1,000. And so my father and the Lord uh, was also in that meeting, and so as they were all going forward, and we were going to take envelopes, and he met, saw him. He, 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 he asked, I don't know why he stopped him in particular. and said, uh, yeah, hey, so how, how much are you giving? I don't want to cast a thousand dollars or anything you want to give them. I don't know why they are. Why? And then my father said, 20,000. 20,000 dollars. Please, it's, it's not your ears. I'm saying it. I'm not saying 20,000 pesos. Why will he not be blessed? He is not going according to the normal standard. He knows God has blessed him more than thousand dollars. So, it is the fear of God that can drive you to that point. Probably somebody has just even come give him some dollars recently. But he knows that that money is not his money, it's God's money. And so whenever there's a, there's a need, he said, I was listening to a message, he was preaching on Sunday, and he passed the 
comment. I'm sure some people didn't hear it, but I heard some hundred thousand in one week. <laughs> you can see them very well. <laughs> Breathing deep. And he has been living this lifestyle from it from the time I heard about him first. And so he keeps growing. He keeps growing. So the goodness of God keeps flowing in his life. Keeps coming to him. Listen, God judges us individually. I'm sharing with you, all of us together, we are all hearing from the same speakers. But everyone, you are supposed to hear differently. You are supposed to hear differently. You are supposed to hear differently. It takes a hunger and a, a fear of God, a personal, individualized love for God. You have been a Christian for 10 years, and then we are told uh, something happens. The one who has been a Christian for one year is behaving some way. And you are saying that because that person is behaving some way, you, too are, you are not allowed to behave like that. It is not permitted for you to behave that way. It is a sin to you. God may be gracious to him, but you, he will hold you responsible. Because that's where you have heard, you have heard more preaching than that person. So, there's a demand on you. There's a demand on you. Somebody came to church a few days ago and he is, is bring, inviting somebody to church. And the person started winning souls. You have been with God. God has been blessing you and protecting you for the past 20 years. Your mother has been a Christian and has prayed for you. You have enjoyed more benefit. That person is probably from a traditional family and the fetish priest and God has saved the person. And then you, you see the, the person's ministry. You should be ashamed. Say, ah, child, if Asimese has been able to bring these people, and I, for one year, they have not brought anybody to church. When every day you are hearing messages, in this church, how many times do you hear messages of soul winning? You cannot count. Don't tell me uh, five times. You cannot count it. So, instructions of God to obey. What are you doing with it? How many of us fear God? Hey, no, 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 no. The fear of God is not in the lifting up of hands when there's a call. It's sin in your life. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I say it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. What you do in the open and what you do in the closets. When nobody's watching, what are you there? What, what are you doing? Do you know that God is there? Are you aware of his presence? <laughs> Glory to Jesus, right? I'm trying to get the rest of the lyrics. Glory to Jesus. As I'm sitting, trying to get it. beach crowd on the dream crowd already. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's true. It's true. He's there with us. He's the, listen, he's, he's the audience who never leaves the studio, who never leaves the theater. When they've closed the service and everybody has gone home, he is that one, your, your church member. God is that one member who never leaves you. When you go into the bathroom, he's there listening to your preaching. When you go into the bedroom, he's there listening to your preaching. When you go to your boyfriend, he's there listening to your preaching. When you go to your girlfriend, he's there listening to your preaching. He's that one audience who is there forever. Who is there forever. He never leaves. He never leaves. When you become aware of him, that is the fear of God in your heart. It will instruct your actions. It will instruct your inactions. It will instruct why you do the things you do. 
may God help us. I said, may God help us. The thing I'm saying, do you realize that God needs to help us? Me, I think God needs to help me. Because as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. It's a double-edged sword. It's shaping you and shaping me. I'm becoming better by this word. I said, I'm becoming better by this word. I'm going to do more for God because of even the things that I'm saying. But as Chris said something, he said, the Lord told him something. Son, you know that if you listen to your own messages, you grow three times faster. So when we are preaching like this, it's not like we are coming to attack anybody. Anytime I say you, it's I'm also sitting in the church. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is talking to all of us. He's talking to all of us. Will we become better? Are we becoming better? Somebody celebrate the Lord right now. That fear of God. Commitment to obey instructions. In Genesis 18, verse 17 to 19, God speaks about Abraham. And he said that, I know my servant Abraham. I cannot hide this thing from him. I know he will become a great and a mighty nation. Why will he become a great and mighty nation? All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Why? For I know him. God knew the lifestyle of Abraham. Verse number 19. Genesis 18. I've finished the 17 and 18 so you can display verse 19. But God said that he knew Abraham. Why? He said that he will command his children his household after God and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. You are not getting me over here. You see, your lifestyle of walking in the fear of God is what will bring the goodness of God into to bear in your life. So, when we talk about the goodness of God, it's not just about prayer. Prayer, prayer, everybody, cameo, cameo, goodness, goodness. No, 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 no. Sometimes, when you walk in the word of God, in the truth of God's word, you provoke that grace to start following you, to start following you. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. I said, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. And everything that you are looking for shall be added unto it. The peace, the healing. When you can make God your singular pursuit, you need, today you need to pray that God give me a hunger for you. Give me a passion, a passion to chase after you. When I wake up, may God be on my mind. When I'm going through my work, may God be on my mind. When I'm going to lie down, Lord, let my heart be heavy with thinking about you. Let my heart pant after thee. When shall I appear before my God? My soul is thirsty. My soul is thirsty. My soul is thirsty. I am hungry for you, Lord. May that become somebody's cry in this place. The fear of God is to hate evil and unrighteousness. Proverbs 8 verse 13. Listen to this one. It's very powerful. Proverbs 8 verse 13. I wish we could have that scripture very quickly. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If you are somebody you like, Opeboni, Unsuenyame. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. What is wrong is wrong. The fact that you did it doesn't mean that it will be right. If I commit an error, the fact that I'm the pastor and I committed an error does not change the error to be right. What is wrong is wrong. If I'm not humble enough to accept that what is wrong is wrong, I will fall into a very bad situation. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And now he begins to describe some of the evil. Pride and arrogancy. 
pride and whom I swore arrogance uh, I can't do Jimmy. Uh, uh, I thought the tree was more rich. Pride. And pride is also what? A hand time. Okay. So, alright. So, a hand time is the now. And then arrogance is a, is a, is a, is a verb. <laughs> amen and amen. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the forward that the perverse mouth, the man that can lie, said, Do I hate that something God hates? That something God hates. Glory to Jesus Christ. When you are doing what God hates, how do you expect Him to bring His goodness into your life? The fear of God. When you fear the Lord, it looks as though the fear of God contains everything about our lifestyle. Everything about our lifestyle, how we should live. So forgive me if I'm hammering on that area because through that I'm talking about various things that affect our Christianity. And I think it's a blessing. I said I think it's a blessing. Celebrate Jesus. So that is one major point on how we can provoke the grace of God. Now, let me just give you a few points and then we'll partake in the communion and we're out of this place. How do you uh, provoke the goodness of God? How do you cause that goodness to flow into your life? Number three, the first one is give your life to Christ. Number two, fear the Lord. I've been talking about fear the Lord for about three weeks now. Then number three, number three, let's read Psalm 31 verse 19 again, the second part. He said, oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear you. So we've spoken about that part. Now the second part, where you have wrought, in other words, you have worked, you have gathered it for those that trust in you before the sons of men. Having faith and trust in God is a way of provoking the grace of God in your life. Isaiah 26 verse 3 and 4. He said, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. I've explained shalom, shalom too many times. You keep him in perfect Whose mind is what? Stayed on thee, for he trusted in thee. That man who trusts in God, he said that he will give that man peace. That peace is not just talking about quietness. It's talking about quietness and welfare, where everything that you need is available to you. Verse number four says that, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. His everlasting strength to them that have faith in him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 We've read it so many times But without faith it is impossible to please God So if you want to experience God's goodness You should be in the place of his pleasure And when he has much pleasure in you Now he begins to preserve you He begins to direct the right things That need to come into your life I'm talking about the goodness of God How do you turn on the switch of God's goodness? This is I'm sharing with you. They, it, it, it's as though they are mere words, but you see, in the practice of them, in walking in the light of these words, you turn the grace of God, the such light of God. He said that the eyes of the Lord walked, moved to and fro in the earth. We prayed about that scripture uh, during one of the night fire sessions. The eyes of the Lord moved to and fro in the earth, meaning God is looking for somebody to bless. May that eye locate you now. I said, may that eye locate you now. The eyes of, listen to me. God is looking for somebody who will give that pe- that person a million dollar contracts. God is looking for somebody who calls to be the head and not the tail. God is looking for somebody to promote. He's looking. The eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro. 
to and fro. What people are thinking is that, oh, God has the blessing somewhere and he wants you to come and beg him for it. No. It's not actually not only waiting for you to come and pray. He said that I am moving to and fro. I'm looking for somebody to bless. I pray that that eye will locate you. I pray that that grace will come upon your life. I pray that that goodness will be something you testify about. How do you do it? Your faith in it. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. When you talk about trusting in the Lord, we are talking about where your faith is no longer something that you are doing. It is a lifestyle that you live. When faith becomes a lifestyle, when your eyes are set on God, when your eyes are always uh, in the word of God, your focus is always on what God has said and you are acting based on the word all the time. When faith becomes a lifestyle, that is the trust that we are talking about. At that point, God and the word become the standards of your measurements. You measure everything from the standard of the word, the wavelength of the word. If God says that it is yours, you don't worry about anything. You say, ah, listen, I know it looks bad right now, but it's going to change very soon. Just watch it. You don't work with fear. Why? Because God has said it. The thing about faith is not the belief, you know. The thing about faith is the premise of the believing the premise that god has said it somebody oh i mean me gd said we ain't saying i didn't see there must be something other than it's no faith that is why is it when god called me into the ministry one of the cardinal messages he gave me was the message of faith and he told me son the message of faith has been wrongly taught people are calling to be faith what is not faith at all so my children are praying and they are not getting much answers so go and teach them what faith actually is and he began to teach me about faith and i realized that when we said i have faith and then we open our chest and mm, i believe no that is not what faith actually is so no no. Is it the one who is, is you are the one who did that and uh, you are pretending like you are not the one? <laughs> so, what then is faith? Faith is believing that what God has said is true. That what God says he can do, he can do. That what God says you can do, you can do. What God says he has, he has. What God says you have, you have. So, your acceptance and ability to relate with that word and respond to it and act on it, that is faith. That is faith. That is faith. Most of the time, let me say this thing. If we go and pray knowing that we have already received, we will receive. But when we go and pray as though we don't have it, now we are going to receive. That is when we struggle in the place of prayer. And sometimes we come back not having it. Go and think about it. <laughs> so trust in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy hearts. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In all your ways, everything you do, now your heart and your mind is focused on God. Your heart and your mind is focused on what the Lord has said. Number four, how do you provoke the goodness of the Lord? Humility. That's the last point I'm ending with tonight. Humility. Everybody say humility. Now turn to somebody to your side and tell the person, be humble. Is it many of God's children are not humble? 
Many of God's children are not humble. In fact, the one who is the one who pride is controlling may probably be the one who has just spoken to you. Look at the person. Are you are you proud? Ask the person. Are you proud? You see the way you are even afraid to ask him or her. It may it may even be telling. I mean, I'm telling you to ask somebody, are you proud? You ask the person. You see, you're already showing me that you are proud. Yeah. As I turn to someone, ask the person, are you proud? <laughs> Look at the way your mouth is heavy. You cannot even ask the question. You see, when you are humble, you are a free person. Humility frees you. Anytime you have some heaviness about something, you should know that there's some element of pride in you. That some it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But it's true. Humility. Humility. Let me just give you five points about humility and then I end. You see, humility is the attitude that brings increase in altitude. When you have humility, God lifts you up. God raises you up. When you are humble, number two, you don't consider yourself more highly than you should. Especially when you are relating to another person. You don't consider yourself more highly than another person. Who you are, you are by the grace of God. What you have, you have by the grace of God. So it means that if you take away the grace of God, you and that person, you could be the same person. You could be the same person. That madman that you are looking at, if not for the grace of God, you and that madman, they are the same. You are the same. That wicked unbeliever who is doing all the wrong things, if not the grace of God, you too will be doing the same thing over there. That we smoke at that person and said, look at junkie, junkie. I think when we wish, we, 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 we have to start changing some things. We will sneer and we will junkie, junkie, junkie. If not by the grace of God, you, you also will be King John. <laughs> so, the grace of God, don't see yourself more highly than you should. What do you think? Yeah. It's just the grace of God. No matter what you are, have no matter who you are. So sometimes you see, we come to church and then some people leave the church because, oh, when they open their mind and start talking, we start laughing at them. If not the grace of God, you know, I've gone to that good school so they can speak very good English. Like, are you there? Your own part, you are spot the thing. It's the grace of God. I said, It's the grace of God. I said, It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that helps your parents to have that money to even finance your school. It's the grace of God. It's just a pure grace. When you take away that grace, everybody's naked. Everybody's naked. Tonight, may you appreciate God's grace and be humble. Humility helps you to place God in his right place over your life. I'll give you scriptures for all of these things. When you're humble, you're able to see the greatness of God. When you see the greatness of God, there are things you'll not be afraid of anymore. If you're a Christian and you have a lack and you are full of, you are full of uh, fear, you are full of worry, you are, not, you are not humble. The reason why you are worrying is because you think your strength should have been able to do it. And because you don't have that strength, so you are worried. But when you see that God is God and he can do it for you, why worry? I think I should preach a, preach, a, a, preach a message one day. Why worry? Oh, why are you so concerned? It's because you are not humble. Your focus is on your own strength. 
pride is about looking at your own strength. Humility causes you to see God as he is. He is. That he is not a liar. That he is a truthful God. Humility. Oh, I'm telling you. Humility is what causes you to place God in his rightful place in your life. It helps you to fear God. And then number what? Four. Humility causes you to appreciate others through the eyes of God. When you see others the way God sees them, you will not look down on them. You will not insult them. You will not attack them. You see them as God's creation. And you love them. You love them. And finally, humility causes you to trust God for all you need. It is pride, I've already said it, to worry or live in anxiety. Let me give you why I'm saying all of these things. All these things I'm sharing with you are inferred from the scriptures. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 7. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. So when you see an older person, you are supposed to submit yourself. Be respectful to that person. If you are not respectful to older people, you are proud. You are not humble. Ye also, ye, ye, all of you, be subject one to another. So now, it changes the narrative from the elder to everybody. Be to everybody. Oh, what are the scriptures? He says, first he says, subject yourself to those who are older. And then now he says that to everybody, to the elder. When we talk about the elder, in some cases you find that reference referring to pastors and those who are leaders in the house of God. If you cannot submit yourself to a, a leader, maybe your departmental leader, you are proud. You are proud. You cannot submit yourself to a pastor in the church, you are proud. And then after that, he says that subject yourself to one another. You cannot even. Who are you to talk to me? Who are you to talk to me? Who said you are? You are proud. You are proud. And he tells us, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So that's it. Now you see God as he is. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And then verse number 7. This is that casting. You, let, let's look at verse 6. Verse 6. The end of verse 6. Quickly. Please. Anyway. It looks like so the machine is freezing. Alright. So in the verse number 6. Did you see that? How it ends? Did it end with a full stop? What what is there? What is that? A colon or a semicolon? A colon, meaning the sentence is not ended, and then it goes into the verse number seven. So humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God actually means casting your care upon Him, for He cares for you. All your worries. Are you troubled about anything? The Lord says He's going to sort you out. Tonight I come with a prophetic word that everything that you are worried about, leave it unto Him. He's going to sort you out. I said He's going to sort you out. He's going to sort you out as you submit yourself under His mighty hand in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Rise up to your feet. Let us pray. Glory to Jesus Christ. You are lifting up your voice. First prayer. You are saying, that, Father, give me a heart that bends after you. Let's get a communion ready. You are praying that God give me a hunger for you. A hunger for your word. A hunger for your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let that hunger begin to fuel my fear for you. My love for you. My reverence for you. Lift up your voice. Everybody begin to pray right now. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Begin to, up voice, begin to talk to the Lord. Baro Shandalabashi 
No Tonight's message, you need to go and think about it. So we are not praying for long. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice. Bandala brazika tolo brodosh. Mandala baba zeke telebriandaya. Come on, I want to hear you pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Mashatala brandala babaya. Father, give us a hunger for you. Give us a heart that chases after you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Want to pray this second prayer? When the word of God comes, it comes to it correct us. You are praying, the Father, give me the humility to be corrected by the word of God. Help me to accept your word as true. So where I need to change, I will change. Talk to the Lord right now. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Sometimes don't hide behind tongue speaking. Talk to the Lord directionally. Talk to the Lord. One on one. Talk to the Lord. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord. You cannot be talking to the Lord and looking everywhere. Talk to the Lord right now. Talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice. Talk to him right now. Talk to him right now. Talk to him. Talk to him now. Give me the humility, Lord. Father, to change where your word is requiring me to change. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And you are lifting up your voice this last time. You are saying, Father, help me to be all that you have called me to be. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and talk to him right now. Talk to him. Lift up your voice. Talk to him right now. To be all that you have called me to be, Father. Hey, I receive your help. I receive your help. Thank you, Father. We declare the emblems are blessed. In the name of just distribute for everybody. Lift up your hands everywhere. Just begin to love the Lord. Just begin to worship the Lord right now. Tell the Lord, I minister to me as I partake in the communion. Oh, minister to me as I partake in the communion. Communion is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let's move quickly. Let's move quickly. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on, lift up your voice, talk to the Lord right now. You lift up your voice, talk to the Lord. That I want to experience you tonight. You are all that matters. Let a communion minister to my spirit, my body, my soul. It's about Jesus tonight. You and I. Oh, you are all that matters. You are. You are all that matters. Oh, hey, oh. You are. You, you are, are all, all that, that matters. Oh, hey, oh. You are. You are all. Oh, hey, oh. Hey, oh. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed, he still served us. He took the bread and he broke it. And after breaking it, he said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. The Bible says that after the same manner, he took the cup. And after he had blessed, he said that this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Surely I will not partake in this until the day I partake in it with you in my father's kingdom. He says that as often as you do these things, you break the bread, eat it, 
and you drink of the cup of blessing. He said, you do remember my death till I come. When we partake in the communion, we are telling ourselves and the world that Jesus is coming soon. Your heart belongs to him. Are you living for him? Tonight, let there be a renewal of your faith, a strengthening of your work with him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now break the bread right now and partake in it. And then take the wine, drink it all and just begin to worship him right now. Let your heart and your focus be on the Lord Jesus for the next 60 seconds. Just worship him right now. Just worship him. Everybody lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Just worship him right now. Oh, I'll put you in front. You in front. In front of my lift up your hands, worship the Lord right now. You are all that matters. As you worship Him, every sickness you is leaving your body, every curse is breaking of your life, every affliction of the enemy is lifted of you. You and I, you and I, receive the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are all that matters. Come on, receive the help of God right now. You are all I'll put you in. I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. In front of my melody. You are wrong. Yeah, begin to bless God right now. Begin to bless Him right now. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands before the Lord. Worship Him right now. The Lord is right here, strengthening your convictions. We humble ourselves before You, Father. You are we humble ourselves before you, our God. Oh, 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 Come on, lift up your hands and worship Him. Focus on Him right now. Don't be absent-minded in your worship. Now the hand of the Lord rests on you. By reason of this communion, I declare every curse over your life is broken. Every affliction of the enemy is destroyed. You walk in the goodness of God. Your, the goodness of God will promote you. The goodness of God will preserve you. The goodness of God will cause you to enjoy prosperity. Prosper in the work of your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And by reason of the authenticity of the word, get ready for the miraculous. I said, get ready for the miraculous. Get ready for the miraculous. You are testifying. Somebody shout, I am testifying. Give the Lord some praise and glory and celebrate him right now. Give him a shout and celebrate him here now. Hallelujah. Shout glory. We give you praise. One another Lord with our offerings right now. And I want you to be excited as you give today. Be excited as you give. If you have your tithe, any special offering, any seed, you can lift up your hand. The ushers will locate you right now with a, a, a specific envelope. Quickly, let's move quickly. I'll call you very soon and you honor the Lord with your givings. Father, we give you praise. We send these offerings by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. As your children give, we receive the blessing of your word. Our lives will never be the same again. 
in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and give. Go ahead and give right now. Go ahead and give. If you have your tithes, I want you to come for it right now. If you have your tithes, I pledge you want to redeem any special offering. You can come for it. I'll pray with you as we partake in the offering. Give a club offering to Jesus. Oh, I said, give a club offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. We give Him all the glory. And please, on Thursday, our micro churches are coming on. If you are not part of a micro church, please join a micro church in your community. Amen and amen. If you are not part of it, please take it seriously. If you don't take micro churches seriously, I also don't take you seriously. Amen and amen. And uh, as a policy in this church, we want everybody to be part of a certain family. Hallelujah. And there you can grow up to fulfill the will of God concerning your life. Hallelujah. So please join the micro church. It's a place where miracles are happening. Testimonies are coming from the micro churches. So please be a part of a micro church and God will bless you. Hallelujah. On Saturday, we'll be going out for soul winning. Amen. How many of you have your, we are talking about eight souls. Everybody, you have your cards. Or you have thrown it somewhere. You have your card. Everybody this month, you are supposed to share the gospel with eight people. Even if before, some of them, before you share, write their names and start praying for them. If you have not even written a single name on your card, I don't know why you are doing that. So winning is wisdom. Glory to Jesus. He that winners souls is wise. So please, everybody is supposed to have eight people that you are praying for, that you are sharing the gospel with, and you are following up on them, that you want to bring at least two of them to church. Amen and amen. Now on the 28th, that Sunday morning and Sunday evening, we are having a Jesus is the answer miracle service. Amen. That morning and that evening is just going to be miracles, healings, and Jesus is truly going to be the answer. If you have any need on your life, anybody who is expecting a miracle, that day I'll be ministering in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not a teaching service, it's a miracle service. So morning is it's a miracle service, evening is a miracle service. Amen and amen. So it's a special soul winning campaign. Please be a part of this. Amen. Be a part of this. Everybody you are looking to invite somebody. And as you bring them, my God is going to reward you. I said, my God is going to reward you. 
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So please, everybody, let's get involved. Let's get involved. Thomas, get involved. Everybody get involved. Praise God forevermore. We are doing this together. Don't listen to me and say you will not do it. If you don't do it, uh, it's over to you. Amen and amen. But if you do it, angels will minister to you. Praise God forevermore. Somebody give a clap offering to Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's do this together. On Sunday, we'll be having our services. Uh, celebration service starts at 8.30. And then the Achievers service starts at 11, uh, 10.45. And then we'll have miracle service in the evening. Sunday is going to be a wonderful time with the Lord. Make sure you are here. Amen. Make sure you are here. Make sure you are here. Praise God forevermore. So God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We're also praying for the Father's Anna. And that's going to be 4th of September, uh, the first week of September. So let's all prayerfully prepared. The Lord bless you. Shall be on our feet. We want to close. We want to close. We want to close. Lift up your hands. Just begin to thank him for the word. Just begin to thank God for the word. Lift up your voice. Just thank him for the word. Thank him for his word that we have received. Oh, the goodness of the Lord. Oh, the abundance of God's kindness towards us. Lift up your voice and just give him praise. And declare that you are walking in God's goodness. The rest of this week is a week of goodness for you. Kindness, the kindness of God is manifesting. On Wednesday, you see so much grace. On Thursday, favor is chasing you from all sides. On Friday, your testimony has landed. By Saturday, oh, Bashakataya, you and your household will be testified. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So shall it be. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you for your word. Even as your children, we have come to receive your word. Because we want to walk in your goodness. And it is your desire for us to walk therein. Help every one of us to align our lives in accordance to the word. For it is the doer of the word that is blessed. Not the hearer only. Father, let everybody who has heard, both online and in person, under this word and may they see your victory in their lives in the name of jesus now the lord bless you the lord keep you the lord cause his face to shine upon you the lord be gracious unto you in your going out and your coming in may you be blessed may no evil prevail over your life may every satanic agenda be cancelled may every yoke be broken may every word that has been sent against you deflect and go back to sender in the mighty name of jesus christ my god shall cause you to be preserved in the mighty name of jesus christ anyone that is lacking finances i command a supply to come your way a release of the supply of god in the name of jesus christ goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life in the mighty name of jesus somebody give god praise right now give him glory god bless you you are blessed you are blessed you are blessed i'll be around for a few minutes if you want to see me but i want you to bless somebody beside you right now give god praise for their life bless somebody bless the person prophesy to that person right now in the name of jesus god bless you god bless you i love you all enjoy the rest of the week it's a week of blessing for you Oh, www.ebenezeropronipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.